um, the next. Um, yeah, try not to, though, maybe next time. Uh, the reason is kids will bring stuff in and spill them on the... Uh, I, I mean, you're an adult, but... You think one is enough for the married couple? I mean, should be. Okay. Um, so, uh, I'm not making reference to the curriculum uh, this morning. Uh, and essentially what I just want to do this morning is to uh, go through some basic instructions uh, as well as to uh, tell you uh, my perception of the class and what I uh, want to try to get accomplished. But it sets in motion uh, at Grace Bible Church where we have a formal membership program. And the the reason it is formal uh, is because uh, of Hebrews 13, 17, if you'd like to turn in your New Testaments there. Um, Hebrews 13, 17. So I'm, I'm simply going to read the text. Uh, Obey your leaders and submit to them for they... Uh, notice the reason. Uh, the reason they're to do that. Now... Obedience, obviously, is in the context of the Scriptures and the life of the church. Um, um, I don't command you to come and mow the yard, for example, to church. You know, uh, so, so again, it's, it's biblical issues. Um, um, and, uh, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're unaware of of my authority in the church as a teaching elder and pastor, it's obviously limited by scripture. I don't have any authority over your personal life and, uh, you know, it's just not a place I go. Unless, unless it involves, Barbara, you can attend? Yeah. Would you like a curriculum? Yeah, okay. Yeah. You're just here because you want to. You want to be here. All right. That's, that's exciting. Um, um, and that's a critical matter. Uh, you know, as long as there's not some discipline uh, issue involved uh, of, say, a sin that's become public, uh, your public life, uh, your private life is your private life. So I don't have any authority over that. And really, my authority is totally limited by Scripture. But it's very important for you to recognize that because it places signal importance on the Scriptures in the life of the church. Um, I'll give you an illustration. Uh, uh, a number of years ago, a guy came to me and said, uh, is there a dress code at Grace Bible Church? Well, I mean, I've never been asked that question. A dress code? Uh, all the time I was in an army, there was a dress code. You looked on the training schedule, you knew exactly what you were to wear that day. So I, I, finally, I, I finally said, uh, yeah, there is. Modesty. So, you know, uh, I don't get involved in the issues. Is can women, ladies wear uh, slacks? Well, you know, thirty years ago the church got all involved in those things. Oh my gosh, women can't wear slacks. That's terrible. Uh, have to have to wear dresses and blah blah blah. And um, 
cover their head when they come in the church. You know, who knows? Uh, so I, I just said modesty. So, uh, but even that's a funny concept if you've been, for example, uh, to an airport lady lately and seen young women in the airport. I, I keep saying to myself when I flew to Europe last summer, your mother lets you out of the house with that on? You've got to be kidding me. But I never said that because my wife would have um, elbowed me. Uh, so, uh, and again, uh, part of that is explained in the concept of submission. Okay, uh, just the concept of spiritual submission relating to the context of Scripture in the life of the church. Now, notice the reason. That's, that's really the key. For they keep watch over your souls as those will give an account. So I'm going to give an account someday to God about the souls He has entrusted to my care. So, it's, I mean, it's kind of an incredible duty if you think about it. Uh, we don't think in those terms, but we are accountable to God. And in terms of the life and the rule of elders, they have a special accountability because the souls of his people belong to him and he uses agents like the church and elders. Okay? But I have to answer to that. Okay? So, very critical. Um, now notice an explanation let them do this with joy not with grief for this would be unprofitable for you so, um, so that's why it's formal um, in our culture even in the church culture most churches don't have a form, formal membership program and beyond that everything is informal uh, if you come fine if you don't fine uh uh, you know, if you walk in 15 minutes late, uh, no big deal. Everything is no big deal in our culture. Uh, but it shouldn't really be that way in the church because we come to worship the one true God. Uh, and there's a sense of casualness that has crept in, uh, even, even in the spiritual lives of the people in the church. So I just think we have to be wary of. Um, um, so, uh, you know, take that to heart and, uh, most of y'all have been coming here long enough that you know what I mean by that because you've watched me for enough time that you know I don't come in and say, hey, would you give me a list of your uh, diet uh, money through Saturday because you know, well, I, I don't have any authority over that. Uh, and I try to be pretty gracious and compassionate. So, um, so again, it sets in motion a formal program so that you know and understand what we're trying to do here. And that's really much of the rest of the class. Um, and, and please notice there are a number of metaphors in the Bible uh, about the church. Uh, sometimes the word church is used, but there's the metaphor of family. Uh, uh, we are family. We are spiritual family. Um, you know, you think of your, your siblings or children uh, in your own personal life. You know, you, you feel some measure of responsibility to help them, for example, if they're in trouble, so on and so forth. Uh, so family is a pretty good metaphor of the life of the church, and it's a spiritual family, not a physically family, obviously. Uh, uh, the other, uh, the other metaphor that's quite often is body. Church is like a body. And, uh, um, uh, 
We don't harm our own body. Well, should say, many people do. But we shouldn't harm our own bodies. And when our one of the members of our body is hurting, we, we take action. We go to a doctor. We do whatever. And uh, that's indicative of some of the things that should go on in a church. We should care for one another. We should pray for one another. Uh, we should warn one another if, if, if warnings are needed. And uh, if there's a finger that's been cut off, we're going to try to fix it, obviously speaking spiritually. But part of that indicates your engagement. I do my part. I try to anyway. But you have an engagement. Um, typically in the American church, uh, uh, I, I come to church. You make everything happen, Bower Socks. Uh, and... I'm just coming, taking notes, and and then I leave. When I leave, I leave. So, again, think about that. What am I pressing for? Just your engagement somehow, some way in the spiritual life of the church. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll speak more to that uh, as we get into the issue of, say, spiritual gifts and particular duties you have to the church. But uh, I'm, I'm just challenging you now to think in terms of that, con- that concept. Um, um, sometimes church metaphor of the church is is that of marriage, isn't it? Uh, uh, we're the wife, and Christ is the husband. Oh, that's pretty awesome. I mean, <laughs> those of you married or have a spouse or have had a spouse, I mean, you know, that's a pretty awesome relationship. And but it's also filled with duties care for your spouse and help your spouse and provide for your spouse, encourage your spouse, and sometimes warn your spouse or maybe get angry at your spouse to say, wait a minute, what's going on here? So I don't need to go any further than that, but just it's a metaphor of the church and church life. And certainly husbands are to love their wives, wives are to love their husbands because the husband is the spiritual leader in the family uh, the wife owes a measure of submission under God to that leadership, but uh, lead and and follow. Uh, well, that what is that? Well, that's a duty in the life of the church. Okay. <laughs> um, so again, we now uh, we need to you know we need to think of those things. And in any marriage, in any family, and in any church, uh, no one is perfect. Okay. We all make mistakes. Um, so be forgiving. Be kind and gracious. Uh, hopefully you won't have to go further than that. Sometimes we have to warn people and sometimes uh, uh, we have to go further than that. Um, so uh, think of those sorts of... Now, essentially we, uh, we come here... Um, to Grace Bible Church, uh, principal reason we come is to meet God in the Scriptures. Okay. You don't come to meet me. I have a measure of a role in that because I'm proclaiming the Word of the Lord. Uh, by the way, you can pray for me in that regard. Just I do it imperfectly. But we come essentially to meet God in His Word. Uh, and that, of course, engages worship. 
we also come to meet God in the sacraments. Uh, I believe, I'll explain this way down the road, I believe that uh, in the sacrament of the Lord's table, the Lord is spiritually present. And He is head of the table. And He's giving us uh, spiritual food. Uh, it's tied to the elements, but we have to partake of those elements by faith. Okay? If you don't do anything by faith, nothing, nothing happens. So everything by faith. You should come by faith. Uh, you should pray in faith. So, uh, and, um, and, uh, uh, we come obviously to fellowship with God's people, to commune with them. Hopefully over time you will develop, quote unquote, some friendships in the church. Some people you'll just gravitate to and grow closer to and, you know, meet for dinner some Saturday night or I don't know, have it in your home for dinner, whatever. I, by the way, I hope those things happen. Um, and you don't form friends. You can't, you won't form friends with everybody. There's a time limit. There's a uh, space limit. And some people you're just not attracted to. I get that. I mean, there's no, nothing wrong with that. They're different personalities, and we're all attracted to people a little bit more like ourselves. So anyway, um, um, and just saying that to reinforce this notion of a formal membership, um, uh, to declare, second reason, to declare the signal doctrines that define us uh, and, and define me. So we're going to go over major theological issues. We're not going to go over every theological issue. We're going to go over major theological issues that really define this church as a reformed church. There are not many reformed churches in Oklahoma City. And we're one of the few of them. Uh, many of them are larger than we are. Uh, but that's you know, I don't get involved in size. That's God's business. Um, but I'm always, I always struggle with the fact that there are few. Uh, if you think back to colonial America, uh, most churches, whether they be congregational or Presbyterian, they, they were all reformed. Now that's just simply not the case. There's been incredible doctrinal and theological erosion in the life of the church. So, oftentimes people come here and they, they, they come for a while, uh, and if they want to engage the formal membership, I have a duty to explain to them those doctrines so they know up front. Uh, and one of the reasons I do that, so uh, nothing surprises you. I don't want you surprised. I don't want you to come, say, I, I, let's just say six weeks from today and say, Phil, if I'd known you believed that, I wouldn't have come here. I get that, so I'm just trying to get it on. I'm just trying to get it out early, and uh, at some point, if you want to depart, yeah, obviously, I I don't I can't command you to be here. Um, so, uh, and by the way, a number of years ago that happened. Uh, had a had a professor from Oklahoma State and his wife came here, went through the entire class. At the end, they just said, you know, we some of the doctrines you believe in, Phil, I, we just can't handle. I get that. You know, most people in Oklahoma City don't. Uh, what's worse, they don't really care. 
just want to come, check the box. Uh, generally, they'll come, you know, I, I, I watch people in their spiritual lives and their church commitments. Sometimes they'll come and they're, they're just hungry as all get out and they come for a while and then it's three times a month and then it's twice a month and it's once a month. Uh, people start to drift. Well, I get that too, but that's where you need to be careful. Wherever you go to church. Um, but I'm just telling you up front, those things happen and you have to guard your spiritual life because Satan is about you like a roaring lion. If you give him, if you open the door just a little bit for him, he will slowly come in. Um, so I'm going to get out front to you this, these signal doctrines. I'm also going to do something that's very, very important for you to recognize as you watch what we do and how we're doing it. And that is establish for you a historic continuity of this church within the Reformed community. Okay? Uh, what's the Reformed community? Uh, the signal doctrines that come out of the Protestant Reformation that the church had, um, church had lost, recovered by the grace of God in the Protestant Reformation. So people ask me, well, what does reform mean? I say reformation. Think reformation. Okay. Um, it was an incredible revival all over the world. Presbyterian churches in particular. Uh, uh, when I was in Geneva recently, uh, went to the church. It used to be a Catholic church. Then it became uh, a Protestant church. And in Europe, Protestant churches are called temples. Uh, the church... Church to them are Roman Catholic, uh, Jewish places of worship or synagogues, but the Protestant church are called temples, which is very interesting because the church is called a temple in the New Testament. Okay? So, um, uh, and, and there, uh, we have a picture on the wall in the fellowship hall. There, there was the Reformation wall with an incredible history of the entire Reformation with the four major reformers. Well, I'll bet you all over, all over Geneva, there's not a single Reformed church today. Okay. I may be wrong, but I just, I'll bet you that's true. Uh, and I know in particular in Europe, and I think it's happening in America, um, um, in, in Europe, hardly anyone goes to church anymore. Uh, one of the reasons uh, why, in terms of the Catholic Church, is there's very few priests. Uh, the guide I, uh, we were with on this uh, river cruise said, uh, I'm from Spain. Uh, I mean, th there are just no priests. So what priests there are have to do circuits. Well, oh, well I can't make every church in a circuit. So it's just, you know. Um, so most churches are empty. Um, and most Catholic churches are, to me, extremely noteworthy by their gaudiness. Statues and uh, bones of dead people. And just, I, like, I just go into these places, I just say, what is this? And it's somewhat that way in, uh, in uh, Oklahoma City, if you've ever been in some of the Catholic churches. I was in a church down the road here on a funeral, and there were all these dolls of Jesus. I'm sitting here thinking, you gotta be kidding me, dolls of Jesus? But they're into that stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm not. 
and you're going to watch me make this continuity because the doctrines we hold to here are not new. And that's an essential point from you. I'm bringing you nothing new. If I bring something new to you, I'm probably bringing error to you because anything new. Uh, so uh, I'm just going to make that continuity. I'm going to try to attach us to the churches of the Protestant Reformation so that you can see that continuity. Um, now, um, I'm going to I'm going to try as best as I can to point you there to the Reformed Church and Reformed theology. I'm not going to try to get you there. I can't do that. I, I really can't convince you of anything. You have to study the Scriptures and listen and study and read and study church history, theology. Uh, all I can is try to point you there. Uh, that's why I wasn't upset when that professor left after the new member class. I I mean, everything I taught him, I was going to Scripture. Okay, so, um, you know, just uh, it didn't upset me because I, I can't, ultimately, I really can't convince anybody of anything. All I can do is give him the Scriptures as best as I, as I can and trust the Spirit of God to illuminate the Scriptures to them so that they will say, you know what? I didn't like it when Phil first said that, but there it is. From the Scriptures, not from me, from the Scriptures. Because that's our ultimate authority. There's a lot of authorities in our lives. To a certain extent, there's authority here that's outside the Scripture. Like, we start at 945. Well, no one can't point to the Bible. Got to start Sunday school class 945. So there's a measure of authority to that, but I'm talking about ultimate authority, the Scriptures. Scriptures. Okay? Um, so I'm just going to try to, if you're not Reformed, uh, I'm going to try to point you there, but yeah, can't force you there. Um, I'm going to try to set the basis for the essentials of our faith. Um, um, and that's, that's a critical point. Uh, uh, I'm not trying to tell you that at Grace Bible Church and even in Reformed churches, the unanimity is not monolithic. Okay? Presbyterian churches believe in pedo-baptism. Okay? I believe in believer baptism. Uh, uh, to me, it's, it's not a doctrine that if you disagree on, uh, it kicks you out of the church. <laughs> uh, one of our elders is Pado-Baptist. I mean, that's not an essential for me. The only essential for me is you've been baptized. If you haven't been baptized, you really need to talk to me at some point. Okay? Because that's the command of the Lord. It's not my command, it's His. So, uh, I'm just telling you that there's not unanimity in everything. We take the Lord's table... Uh, once a uh, once a month, some Reformed churches take it every month. Take it every week. Pardon me. Yeah, no command in Scripture, uh, but you should take it. Okay, I have to remind people all the time. Well, you know, Phil, I know I haven't been there very much, and I say, well, look, I mean, uh, the Lord commands you about the church, and the Lord commands you to take His table. Okay? 
And it's a powerful, it's a powerful what? It's a powerful place because that's where we meet personally the Lord in the sacrament of his table. Okay? Uh, so, uh, now some of the essentials, person of God and Trinity. You have, to, you have to believe in the person of God and the Trinity. If you don't believe that, you're not a Christian. If you deny the Trinity, you're not a Christian. Okay? Person and work of Christ. That's an essential. You have to understand that Christ is the Son of God, is God. Okay? He's a God-man, but uh, his, 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 uh, his nature, his person as, as the second member of the Trinity, he, he, he has all the divine attributes that God the Father does. In other words, he's God. Same thing with the Spirit. And, and I'm going to define for you the work of Christ. Okay, Here, just a very quick warning in passing, uh, uh, one of our major departures from vast majority in churches that are not reformed. Okay, so, But we'll discuss that. Um, a, a key measure of the work of Christ, just the specificity, is justification by grace through faith. It's an essential doctrine that you understand. Um, but at some point we'll go over it. Uh, the other signal doctrine is the inspiration and authority of Scripture. I believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. Uh, um, now, I, I grant you that that relates to the autographs, the first writings. You know, when Paul sat down centuries ago to write, say, the book of 1 Corinthians, his first document, okay, uh, we call that the autograph. Uh, because over time, uh, in terms of translation and mistakes by copyists, small errors creep in. Uh, it, it, what engages that in the life of the church is the science of textual criticism, where we are trying as scholars, quote-unquote, to recover the autograph. But, hey, when you're talking centuries, I mean, think of the autograph of Moses. <laughs> think of all the time it's gone on. But the beautiful thing is there's no... There's no major disagreements over signal doctrines and issues in the autograph, in terms of the, the English Bible you have. Okay? There, there are small things. Was this an and or a but? An and or an even? Eh, you know, that's, um, uh, I, I try very hard, uh, to, uh, begin my sermon preparation with the Greek and Hebrew manuscripts, because that's getting me closer Closer to the autograph. Okay? Uh, we all need to understand. I mean, I take the pulpit in English Bible. Um, um, but, but I understand that it, it's a translation of Greek and Hebrew manuscripts. An incredible work over the hundreds of years, incredible work has been done, uh, in the issue of textual criticism. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a brief illustration. Uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls that were discovered, what, roughly around 1948? Okay. 
they discovered uh, a Hebrew manuscript, virtually complete, I believe, of the book of Isaiah. Uh, obviously been put there by the Essenes. So we're talking old guys. Old guys. Uh, in their study of that single copy book of Isaiah, they were amazed that there was virtually no change whatsoever in recent manuscripts or typically uh, expanding beyond that in our English translation of the book of Isaiah. Now, why is that? Because God's preserving His Word. Now, He expects us to be careful with it. He expects us to do textual criticism. He expects certain scholars to go over to Israel and go look at those documents and study them and examine them and, and so on and so forth. Uh, because that's our job. He gives to the church. But He, let me tell you, He has kept and preserved His Bible. Why is that? Because it's His Word. Captured for us in the Bible. So, um, um, fifthly, sanctification. Uh, again, the evangelical church has become loosey-goosey on the doctrine of sanctification. I'm going to try to add some incredible clarity to that. Uh, but it engages our involvement. Christ did incredible things at the cross. He did incredible things at sending His Spirit. Uh, but in sanctification, uh, we have a role. Okay? So we have to be involved, don't we? Bible says you're to pray, you ought to be praying. Bible says you're, you should go to church, yeah, go to church. Bible says you should partake of the sacrament. Yeah. Jesus, uh, this do in remembrance of me, you should partake of the sacraments. You have a role in that. Um, in justification, you have no role. Because you couldn't do anything. But in sanctification, you have a role. So we'll, we'll, we'll go through that. Uh, and then, and then hopefully I can get you to have some commitment. Everybody's different. Everybody's different stations in life, different involvements and different, uh, family duties at home and abroad or whatever. And I'm, I, I get all that. Uh, but to establish some measure of commitment, whatever it might be, you know, you know, we have some dear people that do janitorial work. I don't command them to do that, but they just want to participate. Some people bring donuts. I don't command them to do that. Just, yeah, yeah. just for people make different contributions. Some people come early and make coffee. I used to. I don't anymore. You want coffee? Someone has to make it for you. Uh, mainly because I'm doing other things when I'm here. Um, and and just have a role in that. Um, uh, think about the men's study, the women's study, uh, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, respectively. Um, uh, but again, on and on. Occasionally we meet Sunday evenings. Uh, I, I encourage you to be here. We don't do it a lot. One of the reasons we don't do it a lot is because there's young families. Some of the families have lots of children. It's really difficult to um, go back and forth to church because most of our people come from pretty good distances. I'm kind of amazed. <laughs> so, you know, Choctaw and Piedmont and what? Yukon, uh, uh, so we have, which I think is great, but I, I get that. It's hard to, 
oh my gosh, it's time to go for church. And I just got home from church. Uh, so, but I'm particularly sensitive to young children and particularly sensitive to the duty of parents to teach their children. Let's go over what you learned in Sunday school. Let's talk about what uh, uh, was said in Sunday school and, and in church. Uh, let's get out the catechism and rehearse some issues, those kind of things. Uh, now, the membership here is not tied to something that ties you to the church universal. Um, um, that's your personal faith in Jesus Christ. You have a personal faith in Jesus Christ. You're, you're a member of the universal church. Um, so you've, you've established your relationship with the universal church through the grace of God in Christ. But this is a local church, a local assembly. Okay. Um, um, and uh, regarding the local assembly, there's uh, always disagreements and family disputes, aren't there? I understand that. Uh, have family disagreements and disputes in my own home um, with my siblings at large. Always, those things are always going on. And I understand that in the church too. Somebody gets upset over something. Why, why are we doing this? Or why are you doing that? Uh, I find uh, most people in America today, uh, particularly that are, uh, aren't appreciative of the life of the church, uh, um, just don't, uh, can't handle, can't handle disagreements. It has to be unanimity in everything. Well, I just, I just don't believe that. I think there are some things we're, we're going to disagree on. And, uh, and that's okay. Uh, love one another and, um, I don't agree with everything uh, in my family life with my spouse. Okay? If you do, tell me your secret <laughs> because I need to learn it. We just disagree on things. Honey, I don't want to go to dinner tonight. I'm exhausted. You know, those kind of things. I mean, I understand. There's just measure of toleration, love, understanding, compassion. That should be the same in this church. Uh, I am going to establish that in the words of Augustine, in essentials unity and non-essential charity and all things love. Uh, I'm going to try to affirm the importance of the role of personal discipleship. Okay, uh, you're a disciple of Christ. Uh, that's a pretty pretty heavy duty responsibility. You are a follower of Christ. You are not my disciple. You are His. I want to help you in that. And conversely, <laughs> you should help me. Okay, so uh, I've always found that uh, uh, sometimes collectively we can do things better. So, um, um, I'm going to establish uh, some of your responsibilities in the church with the end state when we're finished studying of. Uh, formally joining the church. And hopefully you won't be like the professor uh, who said, you know, Phil, I just can't handle some of this. And it, if you want, if you're saying to yourself, like what? I'll get into the like what <laughs> in the weeks to come. Because, because I've already said, I don't want you to be surprised. Okay. I'm not here to surprise anyone. So, um, uh, this is a uh, 
In terms of the what is this course, it's a survey. I can't teach you everything about the Bible. It would be here you know, all the time. But I am going to teach you about theology proper, the application of redemption, and the doctrine of ecclesiology from the scriptures. And I'm going to take a systematic approach to it. Okay, uh, I want to introduce a concept to you. Uh, theology is on a spectrum. Churches are on spectrums. Uh, um, if you think of the left spectrum, the left spectrum is atheism. There are many churches in America that are atheists. Uh, why they meet, I don't have a clue. You know, uh, um, you know some of those churches. Mormon church. Um, what are some others? Uh, Church of Christ scientists. Just a lot of, but that's atheism. You start moving this way to come to this other polar opposite. It's pure theism. And that's what we're trying to move to. We're, I'm, we're trying to move on this spectrum. And I'm, I'm going to explain to you systematically where different churches are on this spectrum and why I believe they should be here. Uh, because of the criticality of it. Um, and um, um, keep that in mind uh, as you keep coming to the classes. We're moving from atheism to theism. Pure theism. Okay. It's critical because God defines himself, not me. And that's what we're trying to get to, how he defines himself. Um, uh, some very simple rules. Um, if uh, One of the things you need to keep in mind is your submission to the scriptures. Because that's our ultimate authority. Okay? Uh, I'm going to try very, very uh, hard as much as I can to start on time. 9.45 to 10.30, end on time, so that you know that, okay? Uh, I don't want to be loosey-goosey, come and start 10 minutes late and then go 10 minutes over. That, that's not fair, okay? Not fair to you, and keep in mind, 9.45, 10.30. Uh, I'm going to give you some assignments. Okay. But we're going to read four books. Um, and um, uh, we're going to go through those four books. The first books I'm going to take you through. Last two books, you're going to take the class through. So you're going to put together a little presentation. Don't get panicky about that. If you don't like speaking in public or you're just scared to death, have your spouse do it. Uh, now, if you can't, if you're, if both of you are just terrified, I'll feel like I can't do it. Phil, I'm sorry, Phil, Phil, Phil. Just give me your notes and I'll give it for you. I, I don't want that. I don't want you to lay awake at night worrying, <laughs> uh, all troubles. Just take a deep breath. Uh, but my intent there is to force you into the material, force in a gentle way. Okay. Uh, learning about God is not a simple, easy task. 
Okay. Uh, we start that journey, okay? Uh, but the longer we're disciples, the more intense it should get, which includes study and involvement. But that's your personal discipleship. I can only tell you about mine. So there are some assignments. Um, I, I encourage you to be committed. Just, okay, um, you know, I, I'm going to go through this. Now, while we're going to meet, for the most part, every, every uh, Sunday, um, because there's enough duplication in the course, if you're going on vacation or you get sick, don't worry about it. I get that. You know why? I go on vacation and I get sick. So this is not, you know, uh, I mean, I'm not going to send you a past due letter. Uh, hey, you're, you're past due. You miss, you know, two Sundays in a row. Because uh, that's why there's enough duplication in the course. So I'm going to get you through all of the material. So, And if you have a family emergency, guess what? I don't want you here. <laughs> you know, if you are really sick, I don't want you here. I get that. So anyway, uh, so, so we're going to be flexible. Uh, you have the curriculum, okay? Uh, if anyone would like to be the captain of this group, quote unquote, um, very few duties, almost none, but just let me know because, uh, I will, for example, at some point come to you and say, uh, look, I'm going to be gone the last week of September and the first week of October on on, on vacation, would you please convey that, uh, that there won't be classes of Sundays? Yeah. I'll, I'll forget that. Oh my gosh, I forgot to tell the class. You know, so if I have some issue, uh, it's, 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 uh, um, just easier for me to contact one person versus, you know, versus all. Uh, so if you'd like to do that, let me know. And, and again, there's virtually no duties other than simple, Simple communication duties, okay. So, um, any 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 questions about what we're doing? Well, I, I know you're going to have some, so um, you might remind me to repeat the questions. So make sure everyone. Sorry, but uh, on on the vast majority of people on, on occasions, but use this as a teaser. Uh, people come to me after the class and say, you can't end. <laughs> so obviously, it's, it's really a good course, uh, but it, it gets kind of intense sometimes. Uh, uh, so um, to me, it's a fun course. And hopefully, I will accomplish all those objectives. Okay, if you look at your curriculum, we're at Roman, we will next Sunday, the Lord willing... We're going to do Roman numeral one. That's what we're going to do. To get us ready for Roman numeral two, I'm hoping to have a very brief book entitled uh, The Attributes of God by Arthur Pink. And uh, that's, I will, I'll give those books out to you. And that, uh, we will go, it'll take us a while to get through that book because uh, we're not going to cover one book in a couple of Sundays. It'll take us several weeks. But the attributes of God are about the characteristics of God. What is God like? Okay. Um, um, and 
Uh, hopefully, I have plenty of copies here. I'm going to I'm going to uh, hand those copies out. Um, if if you uh, all these books are paperback, they're all fairly short. They're all fairly inexpensive. If you can reimburse the church for that on a check or put cash in collection plate, you know the price will be on the back of the book, generally lower right hand corner. Consider doing that. If your budget is so strained you can't, don't worry about it. I'd much rather you read it as a gift of a spiritual book from the church than say, well, Bower Sox is straining my budget. I certainly understand that, particularly with young families, because we are going to, uh, we're going to, we're going to read three books and then I'm going to provide you the fourth book to read in return. The first three books I don't want back. Um, I'm hoping you'll keep them and continue throughout your your sojourning here. Um, refer refer to them. Okay, because essentially they are critical elements of theology. Okay. Any other questions? Okay. okay well, let's. Uh, uh, the hour is ended. Let's uh, close in a close in a word of prayer. Uh, our gracious Heavenly Father, we're, we're thankful for the occasion to gather and to give attention to the living, breathing Word of the great God of Heaven that we have in the Scriptures prosper us individually and corporately. May our class prosper the church that our Lord saved and redeemed by His very own blood and sacrifice and prosper us uh, to each and every day fall more in love with Him and Father and Son, and may our affections for the great triune Godhead grow and increase, and in the process of time, uh, our lives uh, changed all the more for Thy kingdom's sake. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.